When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast for October 7th, 2014. I'm Craig Ellingson, the sports editor at the Edmonton Journal. With me are journal hockey writer Jim Matheson. Hi. Uh, journal columnist John McKinnon. How you doing? And journal hockey writer Joanne Ireland. Afternoon. We're at the dawn of the 2014-15 NHL season, with an Edmonton Oilers squad obviously looking to improve their standing after finishing last in the Western Conference and third last in the entire league last year. So many questions surround them heading into this season. Yet again, as the Oilers have missed the NHL playoffs eight straight years. Last season was a difficult sophomore season for Edmonton Oilers forward Neil Yakupov. The team's number one draft pick in 2012 enjoyed a great rookie season as an 18-year-old in the 2013 lockout year, in which he led the team in goal scoring with 17 in 48 games, finishing with 31 points. But he sputtered and stumbled in year two under new head coach Dallas Aikens, finishing with 11 goals and 13 assists in 63 games while suffering a broken foot. But in order for the Oilers to improve their standing in the NHL to become a truly competitive team, they need all their core players, Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and Justin Schultz, not just Yakupov, to advance their games. So Yakupov had an awful sophomore season following a very good rookie year. What do the Oilers need to see from him? Uh, They need him to be a... 60-point National Hockey League player. Need him to score some goals. But he he cries out for a playmaking center to get him the puck where he likes to shoot the puck from. And uh, I suggest that better be Leon Dreisaitl if he's going to be on the team because I don't see Yakupov on the first line. Yeah, and there's a decided difference in his uh, demeanor for sure compared to last year. But um, I, I would suggest that... <laughs> 10 games in if he's not producing that uh, that switch might get turned off pretty quickly it's it does sound though that he I mean Maddie maybe could speak to this as well that he had some conversations with Dallas Aikens in the offseason too and I think there was a little bit of a disconnect there between um, Aikens and Yakupov I mean this was a kid who essentially had a free run under under Ralph Kruger and produced and he got reined in last year and there was some stubbornness yes, in his absolutely. own makeup last year. Yes, you know, he, he wasn't going to believe what the stats showed. Yeah. Plus, minus being what it is, and it, you know, a lot of people think it's you know it's sometimes overplayed. But his was so poor compared to the yeah. other guys on the team that he wasn't believing that he was a poor defensive player. So, you know, that has to get better. And uh, you know, I think he's a smart enough player. He's a good kid. I think. He looks like the kind of player, though, that he has to get off to a good start. And then he gets, you know, the overused term confidence where he's shooting the puck, it's going in the net, and he's checking people, and at the end of the night, he's not minus two. And, you know, before you know it, you know, it'll be the middle of November, and he'll have 10 goals or something, and away he goes. If not, then uh, we're back in the same boat uh, as we were last year with, with him. There's a lot of moving parts on a hockey team, for this hockey team. 
to really get better. The center, the, the engine that drives it is the growth of their core players, all of them. Everly, Hall, Nugent Hopkins, Justin Schultz, Yakupov, uh, all of those guys. And uh, each one of them has something to me that they want to demonstrate. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, who has performed very well in training camp, has to play uh, uh, a more kind of dynamic game and really get back to and enhance what he did when in, when he was a rookie. Uh, Everly, to me, has to, um, I think, be a bit more feisty, and uh, but also he has to, he has to maybe deliver more offensively. All of these guys have like a large area of upside that they have to start fulfilling, and all the other pieces are complementary pieces, support pe- important pieces. But the engine of that team is those guys, and they've got. And Justin Schultz to me has to start develop into somebody who, in fact, is an elite defenseman because he, he he does have the ability. Um, but all of that stuff has to happen, in my view. Otherwise, it'll be another tough season. Justin won't shoot the puck from the point. That's another problem of his. You know, he's so conscious of it getting blocked that he, on the, if you're going to play the point in the power play, you better shoot it. And uh, as the season wore on last year, he didn't shoot the puck nearly enough. And like I said, you can't. PK Subban shoots the puck every chance he gets in the, in uh, Montreal, and while he scores, he great if he doesn't score he's still shooting the puck and I think, I, I would I think, think every, anybody playing the point in the power play has to shoot the puck a lot so you, need, you know then they're wary of that then you can pass it off to the other guys but if they don't care about your shot um, it's tough to play the point in the power play I would think that's a general I agree with that I think it's a general criticism of their entire power play yeah. however everybody's got to shoot shoot the puck why wait for the, the perfect the perfect shot of the perfect Come lane? Get it, get it rule of I'm going to pass it or stick out. We saw we saw a lot of that passing around last season. Ben Scrivens and Victor Faust head into the regular season as the Edmonton Oilers tandem and goal. The pair was number one and number one A last season. A campaign in which the team went through you know plenty of upheaval at the position following a disastrous start. It led to trades that saw David Dubnik and Jason LaBarbera leave Edmonton a free agent signing in Ilya Brizgalov, and the use of minor leaguer Richard Bachman before Scrivens and Foss joined the Oilers via trade. Scrivens was seen as the starter by the end, partly because of his solid play and because of an injury to Faust. But keeping opposition pucks out of the net isn't solely the responsibility of Scrivens and Faust. Both the Oilers' defense and offense need to play their parts in reducing goals against. Has Scrivens or Foss stood out enough to lay the claim to the number one job in net at this point? How is Aikens going to manage his goaltending tandem? I would be shocked if Scrivens doesn't get the start to open the season if he plays you know, well enough in the preseason because he was the kind of their guy at the end of last season. I'm sure that the goalie coach, Fred Shabbat, has mapped out a, a scenario in the first month of the season where they play 10 games in October and says, okay, five each, and then after the first 10 games, whichever guy's playing better, then you're going to get be two out of every three. And, you know, the back-to-backs, you know, there's a back-to-back uh, on the first order road trip, L.A. and Phoenix. So one will play one game, one will play the other game, and and uh, they'll go from there. I don't have a problem with the 1-1-A one one thing. It's, it's good competition, and whichever guy starts to play better plays more games. But, I, you know, they don't have Carey Price or Len- Lenquist, so this is what they got. And, you know, hopefully they add the two together and it adds up to 82 pretty good games. Yeah, and they're, 
I mean, listen, they're far better off now than they were at the start of last season, no matter who gets to start on opening day. And I agree with Jim. I think this will be more of an equitable split, especially in the early going. Um, neither has sort of fallen off the map in the preseason, so there's no reason to believe that they won't sort of be able to step in and just switch it off. I think Scribbins probably put it best at training camp um, when training camp opened and saying that, you know, doesn't it's not going to matter to anybody who's starting as long as they're stopping the pucks and you know last year they got off to such a brutal start defensively and in net that you know anything is going to be a an upgrade in that area i mean they've got an old-fashioned goalie tandem yeah. both will play it, it's uh, shown itself to be solid to excellent and uh i'm, I'm sure they dallas akins is gonna play it by ear based on performance and um Nothing much more complicated than that, and and the, on what we've seen, which is the stats people would say is a small sample size, uh, they both played well. So I, think I, think I don't think I think the goaltending is 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 tied into how well they play in their own end of the ice, and I think the goaltenders and the owners for the last few years certainly have been hung out to dry to a degree in terms of the quality of chances. So it's tough to say our you know the goalies are just great I think the orders have to score a few more goals too because I don't think they can count on Faust and Scrivens giving up two goals every game and and hoping to unless they can get three and they you know they've had trouble scoring certainly five on five yeah. the last uh, year or so and that's that better change yeah they gave up like 48 goals in their first 12 games last year I mean that was you know that's that was the swarm <laughs> defense. Though, yeah, that, swarm defense. That, that <laughs> Toronto used too, and that's yes. why their puck possession uh, yes. were uh, stats to, uh, for the analytics guys were not real good. Yeah. The orders were more or less out of the National Hockey League playoff picture by the end of November last year. It was just two months into the 2013-14 season. That made for one very tough remaining four months of pro hockey to play for the orders and their fans, who haven't seen their team make the playoffs in eight seasons, as I said before stretching back to their miracle run to the Stanley Cup final in 2006. Uh, Aikens, you know, is, he's now in his second year coaching. He needs to pilot his club to a much better start this fall, or else there will be questions regarding his position. The owners did make some sweeping changes to the staff underneath Aikens uh, coming into this year, bringing in Craig Ramsey and Rocky Thompson, replacing longtime assistants Steve Smith and Kelly Buckberger. So considering all this, how important is it for the Oilers to get off to a good start this season? Well, if they if they win four of their first twenty like last year, I don't think the coach will survive in November. And I, you know, I'm sure Dallas knows that. I don't, you know, yeah. is your first year coach? The team was poor last year in the first six weeks, seven weeks, and the season was over long before Christmas. Uh, you get a free pass as a first year coach, second year in the league, the coach. You have to be better, and if he isn't. And the team isn't. I mean, not necessarily him, but if the team isn't, then somebody's going to be looking at him saying, what's going on here? And I'm sure Dallas knows that. I mean, um, I think he tried some things last year. didn't work. He tried the defensive posture, the swarm defense that the team never quite got the handle on. It didn't work. I thought he overplayed his star players to a degree last year, his young kids, you know, thinking they could play 25 minutes a game as forwards and, you know, they necessarily couldn't do that. Now, if you have four lines, you don't have to do that. And I think that's what he's trying to do, too, is trying to find a fourth line that can play more than six minutes a game and, and take some pressure off the uh, first line. 
Yeah, I agree. The um, And the core players all spoke to this at the end of the season and at the start of camp again this year is having some continuity. So there's no crutch there. Um, they can't use the new coach, new systems, new, new anything um, handicap that they relied on last year. So, you know, they've said they've embraced the opportunity to sort of pick up where they left off. Now it's up to see what happens with it. The other thing that I think might be a bit of a factor here with Dallas is um, having Craig Ramsey on his staff and brings in a lot of experience kind of a, a maybe a bit of a mentoring role a little bit too which which can't hurt I don't think Dallas especially in those situations like he found himself last year when you know he would try things and they didn't work I think there might be someone there just quietly tapping him on the shoulder saying Dallas you might want to rethink this yeah I think that there's more uh, uh, for lack of a better word more cerebral kind of approach with that group now yeah. uh, um, and I, not that they had to criticize the previous coaches, but uh, Ramsey brings years and years and years of experience and uh, is a real thinker of the game. Uh, I don't really know much about the coaching approach of Rocky Thompson, but he's a new voice. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I like Dallas. I, I, he, he's uh, refreshingly open. Uh, he made mistakes last year. He acknowledged it. <laughs> He didn't shy away from it. He put it on his own. Yeah, shoulders. I agree with you. He's not. He's not one to to say, "Oh, he didn't make a mistake." You yeah. know, he's not going to stick all around it. If he made a mistake, he made a mistake. But you know, first time coaches in the NHL, their rope is a little shorter than other coaches who've at least won something, like yeah. Stanley Cups or whatever. You give you give them a little more rope, and when you're a first time coach. You know, every first-time coach hopes things go well, and then you build some credibility with not just your players, but your manager and and you know with the fans and everybody else. And you know, I'm sure Dallas is hoping that they get off to a good start. And uh, he knows certainly should know the players better yeah. now than he did last year when you know they're learning him and uh, about him and vice versa. So he should know the players and what they can do and what they can't do. He has better talent. There, there's no yeah. question he has better talent to work with and more mature talent and so if he doesn't if the, if the performance of the team does not improve then uh, nothing's wrong like he has lots of portable places players to move around in his first three lines which is a plus on the wing but like we're just going to get back to the same situation he's yeah. just not too portable at center so he's got all these wingers he can move from one line to the next which helps offensively but the center position he's Sure, he's crossing his fingers that Dreisaitl starts, and you know he's like O'Reilly was in Colorado and stuff like that. Where he's all of a sudden you look at him and say, "Oh, he's a pretty good player right away." Thanks for joining us for the Oil Spills podcast. We'll be back next week as the Oilers embark on their first full week of the NHL season.